0: You're listening to Season 6 of Upside Down Podcasts. This is Lindsay Wallace. I'm Kayla Craig. I'm Patti Taylor. And I'm Elisa
1: Molina. Upside Down Podcast is an ecumenical conversation at the intersection of justice, spirituality, and culture. And we have created
0: this space with you in mind. So join us for unscripted conversations on God's upside-down kingdom.
1: Welcome to Season of Upside Down Podcast. I'm Alisa Molina and I will be your host for today's episode. Show notes can be found on Instagram at Upside Down Podcast. Please go ahead and subscribe, rate and review our show. Um, Those all help people find us. And if you're willing to throw a little coin our way, uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash upside down podcast. And that all goes to keeping this little podcast up and running. I'm so excited to welcome our guest today because this podcast absolutely loves her. Um, Shannon Evans is our guest. Most of you know her as a former co-host and we are thrilled to have her today. So Shannon,
2: how are you? I am am so good. It's so nice to see y'all's faces.
1: Um, so I think I just wanted to start with like, no, but like, how are you? Like Mm. I've seen you everywhere. (laughs) seriously I've seen you everywhere and I'm just like oh my like and she's got like as many kids as I do and they're all half my kids ages so like how are
2: you um I'm I am exhausted and I'm an introvert so it's been like a lot of mm. like mental exhaustion mm. <clears throat> Right. and I came down with a cold like the day that my book launched and then it just hasn't gone away. Cause it's like, no, your body needs to crash. Um, but it's been really great. Like it's been so amazing to just hear people's feedback about um, how they're internalizing the themes of the book and like what it's meant to them and how they feel represented finally in a motherhood book. And that just like means the world. So it's definitely worth it, but it is, it is tiring. Not going to lie. <laughs> Yeah,
1: it's like it's like
2: birth a little bit, bringing I something. I mean, a lot into. of people, a lot of people like use that analogy and it just doesn't feel comparable to me at all. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I like mean, I guess you're right. Like, oh, your book, baby, you burst a book, you know, and I'm like, no,
1: <laughs> it's not. No,
2: <laughs> <laughs> that takes a lot more work.
1: <laughs> so um, I contacted you um about coming and chatting with us. And I just was like, okay, so I know that you've chatted with all kinds of people about all kinds of things, but I was wondering if we could talk about staying curious. And the reason why I I brought that to you was because I told you that reading your book was a stretch for me in a lot of ways. Like, Like this is not a traditional motherhood can you talk a little bit about, like, that aspect of it? Like, it not being, like, your run-of-the-mill, uh, you know? And, you know, this is not to disparage any mo- traditional motherhood books, but it is it is definitely – it's definitely different. It's definitely unlike anything that I've read for mothers. Um, it actually focuses on, like, the mother more than – like, even motherhood <laughs> books for me seem to focus on – children part of it. You know what I mean? And so this is just like, like, no, 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 we're not going to talk about your kids really in this book. We're going to talk about you. And I feel like even that is super uncomfortable for me, but like, wait, I'm a mom. So aren't we talking about, um, so can you talk about that?
2: Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head there. That's really what I wanted to do was to make it more about the woman than about, um, her her identity or role as a mother and um yeah I mean I you know I kind of never thought that I would write a motherhood book because there are so many out there and it's sort of like what new angles are there to take I mean what could I bring to that conversation that hasn't already been said I guess and um but I kind of went through two or three years of a lot of inner growth and a lot of internal work through spiritual direction and counseling. And I was finding all of this about myself. I I found that my motherhood really gave me um, a path to like work that stuff out and to bring it down to really like digestible levels. So like big issues, like my tendency to repress my anger until it just explodes and I'm resentful of everybody or I yell and lose my mind, you know? (laughs) So it's like, oh, hey, motherhood, you know, (laughs) like, um, so I kind of started seeing like, oh, I could, I could write a book for women that is sort of organized around the experience of motherhood without, yeah, while still holding the integrity of, of taking women seriously, um, of taking the the spiritual path of motherhood seriously, um, and seeing that you know motherhood is not a hindrance to our spiritual growth and our inner inner development, like it it is part of that path, and those things really shouldn't be separated. So yeah, it was kind of a surprise. I never, like if you had told me five years ago, I would have wrote this book. I'd have laughed at you, but um, but it's been a, a nice surprise. It's been good for me and hopefully it's good for other people too.
1: How's the reception been? Like speaking of, you know, like it's, you know, hope, hoping that it's good for other people, like because it's not traditional, you know yeah. what I mean? And because, yeah. you know, a lot of people uh, seek your wisdom what has it been like? Has it, have you been surprised by the reaction? Has anybody, you know, like, has there ever, has there been anything surprising about the way that it's been received?
2: You know, I think the only thing that's really surprised me is hearing from a lot of men who said, yeah, like, um, like podcast hosts or like husbands of, I mean, I have like a handful of male followers that read it themselves, but also like, husbands of followers or yeah, podcast hosts. And just hearing the response of like, this was really helpful for me to understand my wife, for me to understand women in general, like for me and in, in thinking of how I was going to raise my daughter who was 12, like one podcast host was talking about that. And I was like, I didn't even think about that when I was mm-hmm. writing the book. <laughs> so that, that's the biggest surprise. I kind of knew that it would resonate with a certain demographic of women because because it was, I was sort of writing the book that I wanted. You know, like I wish that there was a book. I, I am proud of my book, but I don't think it's like anything exceptional. I think it's just, there's nothing like it. You know, <laughs> there's just nothing really that um, that speaks to women who are kind of really taking, taking their inner work seriously while mothering. Um, at any stage. And I won't say that there are no other books, but I think especially maybe for women who lean, um, you know, lean towards social justice, lean towards, um, you know, really being expansive in, in their theology or how they think about God. Yeah, I think it just kind of brought a lot of things together. And so, yeah, the reception of just of hearing, like I said earlier, those things from women of, I feel like, this book was written for me, I feel like represented for the first time. Um, I feel myself healing by, you know, through the chapters, like that means so much. And of course, there's been like, a tiny amount of people who are like, not cool with it and think that it's going too far with like, I don't know, you know, I mean, there's some people who are like, aff- I read one review that was like, offended. Um, that I said that, like women sacrifice ourselves too much, like that we tend to like lay ourselves down and kind of lose our identity in motherhood, and that's certainly not true for every woman. But but the reaction of being so strong against that was like mm, maybe yeah. maybe that maybe. hit a sensitive spot for this <laughs> maybe person. <sit> with that. <laughs> yeah, maybe sit okay. with that a Let little. Let me
1: get maybe to the going deeper part. That. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Opportunity to be curious. Right. That's right.
1: And so that, that was, you know, I feel like there is this kind of necessity to approach even this book with curiosity um, because in thinking about the chapters, it really strikes me that you are not letting us off easy in this book. Like you are asking of women to really, to really dig deep. And that can bring up like some, like you can be unsettled. I think I told you that like on one page I'd be like, yeah, Shannon highlighting. And then the next page I'd be like, Ooh, Ooh, wait, what, (laughs) why, what does, why do I feel like that? Like what? Mm -hmm. And so, and I was, I was telling Lindsay and Kayla and Patty that this podcast upside down was the first place that I was uh, challenged and asked to, uh, take, a a posture of curiosity when something felt off or something challenged me a little bit or stretched me a little bit. And so would you say that, um, that you were ready for that? Like that you wanted women to be curious about these things that you were talking about that a for a lot of women, I think some of this stuff is, you know, beyond what they're they're used to reading or hearing about.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think one really beautiful thing that has come from being active on social media for me for the past six years has been getting to know so many women who who have so much depth and so much to give and I feel like so often what what we're told in in um, faith spaces especially is not necessarily even overtly but but in in subtle ways of like oh just work on you know (laughs) just work on trust and and work on, um, you know, like having patience with your kids or like work on your marriage. I don't know. Just like it feels, it never feels to me like it is really believing that women can handle really tough stuff or, or believing that women can handle um, tension or doubt or questioning, or like you said, stretching, like, I think that there's sort of this, um, this kind of culture around just like feeling good and kind of working on the obvious sins or whatever. And yeah, I just, my experience of women is just, that's not it. Like that's not, we're not satisfied with that. Like we, we know that there's more, there's more of God than that little small box, you know, and we want to explore that kind of God um there's more to ourselves like i and i think you know i wanted to give women permission to explore some places in themselves in god um in their family structures in their church spheres that that maybe they have been have felt like they can't go so i just want to like open the door and be like here just kind of stick a toe out and <laughs> and see how it feels you know um and and just facilitating a way for women to talk about these things um, with with our spouses or with our friends in you know in in book clubs or in groups or whatever, um, yeah. I just think sometimes some giving you a tangible thing like a book, it like helps kind of usher you along this journey when maybe you didn't have language for for what you needed really.
1: Yeah, that's so good. I think that. In the going deeper in these topics, you really give women permission to kind of enter into the wonder of so much of of it—the wonder of motherhood and the and the expansive nature of God and of ourselves. Um, you you know allow us to push kind of into um, some questions, and so there was this um, part that I wondered if you could read to us because it just kind of points us towards, um, maybe some things that we could, um, kind of some sentence stems almost like how we can enter into a posture of curiosity. um, if we're not used to it and you, you're, um, you're going into, it's actually a whole chapter called staying curious and, um, you're talking about just like the curiosity of kids in, in this chapter uh, towards the beginning and how, and how, um, how we try to cultivate that in that, you know, we could, we could do that for ourselves. Um, And and we can really start to kind of uh, ask questions about some things. And so um, could you maybe read that part there at the bottom of 64?
2: Yes. I wonder what would happen if we digested these questions as a form of instruction for our own spiritual lives. What if we took our theological views or our political and social views and held them up under the microscope of our children's inquisitiveness? What might change evolve or broaden if we began pelting previously unquestioned beliefs with questions for the first time? Could it result in a life of greater love and awe? Could this be the childlike faith that Jesus preached?
1: so that I think is kind of the the synthesis of of this of this Kind of book and this kind of thinking of curiosity that you're allowed to be inquisitive because I think that sometimes um, if you, if you, like I, like I told you when we were chatting, like if you um, have an idea of what motherhood is (laughs) and what it is not, like this book is going to be hard for you because you're not going to be pushed to consider other things. And if you're not pushed to consider other things then you're not pushed to broaden um you're not pushed to like kind of search out like that expansiveness of of God and um it makes me think of my role here on upside down i feel like Kayla and Lindsay and Patty and I like when we are on when we're on kind of on air in these recordings we try to model this uh, this posture of curiosity, but like, it's, it's actually real life. Like whenever we're off air, this is the way that, and we're all from different, um, faith backgrounds. We're all, we all are struggling in different ways within our own traditions or backgrounds. And so I think what has happened there is learning how to be curious and respectful and honoring of, of one another's journey, it lends itself and it gives you the opportunity to like grow in places that you would have never imagined yourself growing because you never imagined yourself actually going into that space. Like that space over there, that like space that, uh, that Shannon is talking about in her book, like that's not, that's a scary space for me. And so I wondered if you could talk a little bit about, um, you know, a couple of the themes in your book that you might say to someone, come to this idea with a posture of curiosity. Like I, maybe just to start us off, like the, when you, when you talk about God, um, in, in like as feminine, you know, I could see that somebody would be like, oh, shutting down and I'm done. Like that is just, that is outside of my, and So that's like a fear-based kind of reaction. Like, what would it look like to go into that
2: with curiosity?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: I I
2: think you're totally right. I think, you know, we're all in different places of what we um, feel like we're willing to be curious about, and um, we're also in different places of what we need um, or what we feel ready for in some ways and not that they're not that it's linear not that like someone else is further and someone else is um not as far not nothing like that but I think I think that for women I feel really passionate that women deserve to see ourselves represented in the divine um because and I am not at all like anti like Masculine representations of God, like I think it's beautiful to to relate to God as Father, um, but I think it's so imbalanced that that it's um, subversive to be like, well, what about the other side? Like, you know, let's let's flip it and let's examine what God looks like um, in in the divine feminine and not just in the divine masculine, because I think if we just kind of take the shock factor out of it and then we can kind of see like, Oh, well, I guess I, I, you know, I profess that God is neither male or female, female, but spirit. Scripture has tons of different metaphors for God. I mean, you know, God is a bear. God is a tree of life, you know, like all of these, um, these metaphors that, that we accept. And so I think just, I think it has such a, a fear-based shock factor that, um, that, that is the, that's the reaction that we have to check when it comes to imaging God in feminine ways of like, okay, um, I feel a lot of stuff coming up inside of me when someone, when someone brings this up or when this author is going there in this book. So like what do I do with those feelings? So my choices are, you know, I can disregard it entirely and um, and shut it off. I have that choice. I also have the choice, like you're saying, to be curious and to listen to what the the speaker or the writer has to say about it. And, um, and in this book, um, I was really intentional about using scripture and tradition and ways to kind of build that bridge for people to be like, hey, you know, come on, this isn't scary. This isn't, um, I'm not talking about some, some alternative religion here. Like this is within Christianity. And um, because, because the book is, I I include a lot of different um, religious influences, but it is geared mostly for Christian readers. So yeah, I think I, you know, I don't have a hard and fast answer to your question. I think it's a, an ongoing conversation and an ongoing choice um, to kind of posture ourselves as learners in, in all kinds of ways. And the, yeah, the divine feminine or trusting your intuition, I think is another scary one in this book for people of like, well, I can't trust myself off a cliff, you know? (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I think, you know, like you said, there are some stretching things, but I think, um, I think the beautiful thing about, you know, the teaching of Jesus is that continually goes back to the spirit of God is within you. Yes. Like it is not something separate from you. It is not apart from you. So that means you can trust yourself. Like, and yes, mm-hmm. you you take into account your own trauma, your own lens through which you see the world. And, and that's, those things are really important to take seriously. Um, but in the end, it's like, I think for me, it comes down to, being willing to be curious about who God is, you know, whether you're talking about the divine feminine, whether you're talking about the spirit of God alive and active inside of you, like being, being willing to like open up a little bit more to, to think maybe I don't have God all figured out yet, you know?
0: Yeah. As you were talking about that, something that's been helpful for me in thinking through and being curious is to also ask the question of like where do these thoughts like so something comes up for me and I feel uncomfortable with an idea about God or anything really Um, to not only sit with that curiosity in myself but also to ask the question historically in terms of like where did that idea come from and who benefited from it because then it's not only feelings, but it's also, I don't know, history, right? Like you can look back and see, okay, well, God was portrayed as male because of X, Y, and Z, right? Like scripture was translated into languages and cultures where like a feminine God would not have been accepted for X, Y, and Z reason and all of those things. So even just thinking through, How did it come to be this way and who benefited from those steps that were taken, those ideologies that were passed down, I think can be really helpful too, because kind of what you mentioned, that fear factor, there is a lot of fear in stepping away from what you've been told is the way that it is, right? And a lot of us were told those things at an age or maturity level where we didn't ask questions. And so we don't know how things got to be the way that they are. Yes, I love
2: that. That's, that's exactly right. And, you know, I think many of us have experienced that with um, political and social issues, you know, as, as we come a little bit more into adulthood, and and start asking questions about the history of things. And, um, and, you know, maybe why things that once did not seem problematic to us, suddenly, now we understand the history we understand how we came to this place. We understand um, how how it reinforced power for those in power. Mm-hmm. So I think you're absolutely right. Like I think those are just really important questions. I'm so glad you added that.
1: I also think that. Um... Like faith should be able to stand up to curiosity. You know what I mean? Like you should be able to ask all sorts of questions um, of of your faith tradition, or your belief system, or your political. What you should be able to, um, you know, I guess now interrogating is the word that like a lot of people use but like you should be able to be curious about the why that you're pouring into whatever whatever it is you should feel a sense of like people should be able to to answer maybe not every single last question but there there should be this I feel like there should be this freedom and this openness and this willingness to say, yeah, ask me all the questions. Ask me why we do this. Ask me why, you know, uh, why we believe this. So I think it just, it, it specifically when we're talking about God, if we don't have this opportunity to be curious and ask questions, then we take this expansive nature of God and we put that expanse in like a tiny little thing and and it really robs it really robs the beauty of of possibility.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I I say something in my book along the lines of if anything is heretical, it's making god into our own image, you know, into something that we feel comfortable and safe with and not wanting got to be any bigger or any different. Oh sis, that. that was
1: one that I highlighted and I was like, "Ooh, shit. It's just bringing it right here. Look at this circle highlight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, you
2: kind of just dropped it right there, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's it's reality. Also, like I, you know, bringing it back to the curiosity of children and learning from our children. You know, my my children asked me whatever they're actually thinking about God, there is no self consciousness, there is no fear of being labeled um, a heretic or theologically unsound, like, they're free, they are just trying to figure out this God thing. And so they're going to ask me, whatever comes into their head, you know, and I, I find that, you know, I just I'm always brought back to, you know, the mystery of Jesus's teaching about children about you know becoming like a little child um to inherit the kingdom and i'm just i feel like that's it's like an onion you know you like think you know what it means and then like a year later like oh maybe this is what he meant by that i don't know but i think that's one of the things it has to be of just the total unself-consciousness of being okay with not being an expert and, and, realizing nobody is an expert, but asking your questions and being free to imagine and wonder and um, yeah, just feeling, feeling permission to, to explore and to doubt and to poke holes in the story that you're given till, you know, till kingdom come and just wrestling with this idea of this divine goodness and love that that people are trying to teach you about you know I just I love that about my kids I, I I wish I was more like that
0: yeah and I think as adults too it's important to I don't know just sort of always remember that it's okay to change your mind I think a lot of yeah. that fear that we grow into of um, being afraid to be curious being afraid to ask questions is there's just this Weird thing about changing your mind, um, and so I don't know. I just think modeling that for one another and being honest about, you know, like I used to think this thing, and I don't think it anymore, um, and right. and that's okay. Yeah. Like it's okay right. to ask questions, and it's also okay to come to a different conclusion at different points in your life. Frankly, if we weren't doing that, that'd be scary, right? Like, yeah, we're not paying attention. <laughs> if yeah. We weren't coming to different right. conclusions as the years roll by that would be a little bit frightening and sad. Like
2: how sad, how much of God
0: and humanity would we Mm
2: -hmm. miss, you know, when we're scared to, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, I'm an Enneagram nine. So I go to six under like stress. And so I like my husband started asking questions a lot earlier than I did about, about a lot of things, and I was just like, nope, <laughs> nope, nope, not having that conversation. <laughs> you know, so I get it; like, I totally get it. Um, but yeah, thankfully, I mean, I think it, I think it really helps to have to have people to surround ourselves with people who are in different places, and people. Um, I think it's helpful to to walk with people who aren't afraid of asking maybe even harder questions than you're currently comfortable asking but just um, but realizing the world doesn't end and you know like like faith is still there at the end of it for the taking if you want it. like you said like if if faith doesn't stand up to it then how real was it to begin with? I don't know.
1: Well, and I do also think that like not asking questions uh, sometimes gives us a sense of control that there really just isn't like, you know, like if I can like, if I can just walk this like very linear, like this is in, this is out, this is right, you know, like then I have control over this portion and, Mm -hmm. and we really like, I think it's really hard time when somewhere in your grown-up land because everybody gets to the point where you realize like, oh, I actually am not in control of much. Mm -hmm. Like there's very little that at the end of the day like is like that I get to have dominion over and like all this is safe, all this is, you know. Um, I think we all come to a point where like we realize that we don't have control and I think that sometimes – when we give into our curiosity, that feeling of fear is like, oh, but then I don't have control. Like, I don't have control over my idea of motherhood. Like, this is what I think motherhood is. And Shannon's asking me to go deep and I don't want to go deep. Like, I have control over what motherhood is. You know what I mean? And so it is a scary place. But you're, like you said, you can always come back. Like, you can, I can sit with hard questions in your book and say, okay, but like, this is how I see this you know, or, oh, this is a new way to see this. It is like, there's nothing finite that there's nothing that's going to trap me into this. Like, oh, now you're, there's no, there's no turning back. You are now gone forever.
2: You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I think that's a, that's an important point to approach, you know, this book, but, but so many things with, with that posture of like, 'm I'm, I'm taking what serves me right now and I'm gonna leave what doesn't and that doesn't mean like ignore the stuff that you don't like or disregard it um, but most books aren't gonna be entirely for everyone I mean most of the books that I read I kind of like pull things that I like and ignore things that I don't or or sit with things that I don't you know if I kind of feel compelled to consider them further um, but yeah I think I think we're kind of, because the political climate has been so tense for the past four years and and coupled with the pandemic and everything, I think we, we're so um, inclined to think, to think in all or nothing terms, you know, of like, Oh, if I, if I even consider this, then I'm on that side and I'm not, that's not me, you know? Um, But the reality is like, we can freely move around, (laughs) you know, we're not stuck. We're not stuck in one place or the other.
1: Well, and I just kind of love how it's, challenging a bit. Like if I'm just going to consume the stuff that's going to make faith easy for me, then, um, again, like it, it, it does feel like it's paired with growth. Like if it's just going to be something that I take on super easily, then, then to me, like, how am I stretching? How am I expanding? How am I learning? How am I growing? If I'm, if I'm not, um, ever, I have my comfort, like, you know, I have my comfort, like, zones, and they have a good place, but I I do think that there is something to be said about, like, stretching yourself a little bit, um, and learning a little bit extra, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I also think that you do a, a phenomenal job of holding people's hands towards that, and you, so you do have a section at the end called Going Deeper, um,
2: why was that important for you? Yeah. So it's at the end of every chapter. Um, and I, <clears throat> the more inner work I do, the more I realize that I am much healthier if I integrate my body somehow in what I'm learning about myself. I think that's true for for all of us. I think that's part of how, what it is to be human um, is that our mind, body, and spirit are connected. And so- I tried to give um, practices at the end of each chapter that would just help incorporate in tangible ways um, the themes of each chapter. And so some of them are literally using your physical body and some of them are more like using your senses or being outdoors um, or writing something down, you know, but just kind of making it tangible. So bringing all of these possibly challenging or triggering or, at the very least, thought-provoking concepts that feel really abstract to bringing them down to a practical, tangible level where there's actually something that you can do about all of the emotions that are now swimming around inside of you. So it felt important to kind of ground each chapter with a practice like that.
1: It feels very dense. It feels like you you went through a lot of different kinds of How did you, like, how did you go about coming up with all of these different themes? Like, I mean, it feels like you took a whole woman and was like, okay, we as women, we experience anger, we have intuition, we have, it feels very much like you, like you searched out the heart of a woman and just kind of went Mm. through each thing and, and gave us tools for, for how to. How to build a deep well of spirituality through those things?
2: Well, thank you. I'm glad it feels like that. That was certainly my goal. And I mean, I think, you know, I, as with any project, it kind of was a slow evolution to kind of realize what i i I didn't write the first chapter first or the introduction first. I wrote I think it was like the third chapter first. Um, so it, it you know, it was a process of kind of figuring out what I wanted the book to be. But honestly, um, I wasn't joking when I said I was like writing it for myself as much as for any other reader, because it was really a way for me to organize my own experience of the past few years of really unpacking this stuff that I began to see and work through in myself. <laughs> um, and so, but the more I did it for myself, the more I could see my friends working through the same thing. Um, I could see other women, you know, that I follow on social media. I just, I just began to see really clear patterns. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I drew a lot from my personal experience. I drew a lot from the books that I've read the past few years and the things that I thought were fascinating that I wanted to include. Um, the chapter on fertility, you know, was, uh, largely inspired by, um, a couple of books: uh, "Theology of the Womb" by Christy Bauman, and um, "Body Full of Stars" by Molly Caro May. And they're very different, completely different books. Um, one's Christian, one's not Christian, but both of them just really got my imagination going about about that aspect of womanhood and how we don't see it written about very much. Um, yeah, and then once I kind of started going in that direction, I. I, I noticed that they were sort of falling into two categories of like loosely inner work and, and and then outer work of like how your state of being affects the ones you love and the society as a whole. So then I ended up separating it into two chapters of growing inward and flowing outward. So that's where that came from.
1: Has it? How has it impacted your own motherhood?
2: <laughs> we were joking. Um, before we went on air that now I'm totally rewilded and, and it's a joy and it's <laughs> just <freedom> easy peasy freedom <laughs> all the time. I'm so internally free. No, um, no, it's been really, it's been really healthy and it was definitely a part of my, my moving towards health and wholeness and, and learning how to um, voice my needs uh, within my family structure so that I could be a better mom. Um, Yeah. But I think it's, many of the things that I wrote about in the book are things that I think about constantly, you know, so um, it definitely is still, still a part of my life. I will say that the chapter on like domestic labor and domestic care is probably the most challenging for me personally, because I like hate, (laughs) I like hate housework. Um, And so yeah, I mean, I think about that a lot, really, when I'm when I'm doing laundry or folding, and I think about you know, what I wrote and what I researched about and just the dots that I connected for myself about ritual and, um, you know, throughout, throughout human history, how God, um, encounters us through ritual and how, how sacred that is for human beings. And so, you know, folding a million dish towels and, you know, if they just folding little dinosaur undies or whatever it is that I'm doing, um, that's that's been a helpful a helpful thing, but it is something that I'm kind of still still working on and still growing in for sure.
1: Um. So it's been amazing to have you, and I thought that maybe we would just close with, how do you see curiosity moving? Um, just like this book, just feels like it went from like, this was something that you were going through, like you were going through this. And so it's almost like, it feels almost like a call that you were going through this and then you wanted to kind of maneuver it. And then I, it almost feels like you became a student of motherhood of womanhood. And you were curious like about just how all these fertility, like what, what does that mean? You know? um, And the different themes that you went through, it just feels like you were a student and you kind of led us into this process of being a student of this one beautiful part of your life, which is motherhood. Um, But I mean, it just feels like this kind of being a student and being curious about motherhood could kind of cross out over into other, other lanes, I guess. So is there any are there any other areas of life for for you or for our listeners or for your readers that you think you know um, that it's fruitful to take this posture of like being a student of whatever it is or being curious of whatever it is that it lends itself to growth and to
2: stretching and to goodness? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I feel like I'm. The temptation is to use the cop out and be like everything. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, for sure,
1: for sure. But maybe you personally yeah. or even just, you know,
2: us. Yes. Yes, definitely. Um, you know, I think I think one of the biggest themes that that kind of weaves itself through the book is is this idea of being curious about um what you're actually feeling and experiencing inside and um being honest with yourself about that. And so I think being curious about the emotions we feel, asking questions about what makes us cry, asking questions about what makes us angry, asking questions about when we feel most in awe of God's presence. Um, like those are, those are really valuable things, valuable signs for us to follow, um, to become people who are whole and, um, and people who have a relationship with God that feels nourishing and doesn't just feel um, boring or, or depleting or transactional yeah yeah, transactional, great word. Um, so yeah, I mean I, I think I think when we start being curious about what's going on inside of ourselves, then it becomes a little less scary to be curious about what's going on in other people or what's going on behind, um, you know, social issues that maybe we don't, we don't understand or feel really wrong or foreign. Um, like I think in so many ways, what I feel called to in this season of my life is to just keep kind of beating the drum of like, like, doing the inner work because I, I think I just realized, you know, asking people to change their opinion about policies or social justice issues or anything like that. Like sometimes it happens without inner work, but usually it comes from the inner work happening first and from, and from things starting to break down inside of us first in a really good, healthy way. So yeah, I mean, I think my answer, I suppose, would be curiosity about about yourself first.
0: Ooh, I love that. Yeah, that's good stuff. Thank you. Well, thanks, Shannon. It's so nice to have you back. It's really <laughs> nice to talk with you guys. Like the old days. I, I saw know. you doing an Instagram live from your car the other day. I was like, oh, Shannon's still recording stuff in her car. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Lindsay, this is why, can I tell you yes. why? Cause I rent this, I did multiple of those in my car. I, I rent this um, office space that is like really cheap and really small and did not come with internet. And it was like this whole big thing uh-huh. to like set it up. And, and so like before I, like my first week I was like, I'll just use the hotspot on my phone, it's fine. Cause I have like unlimited data and then I just never stopped. So it's been like almost a year of me just using the hot hotspot on my phone for internet, which like doesn't always work and is just like such a lazy cheap solution because then I, I tried to do a FaceTime in the office and it like cut out a few minutes in. Mm. So I learned like- The van it is. <laughs> so, I like tried to play it off of like, oh, you just caught me between things. I'm so
1: busy. Totally. You've caught me totally between planned. speaking engagements.
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, that's yeah. awesome. So, if our listeners want to follow you on Instagram and watch your lives from your car, where can they find you? I actually forgot that we were still recording when I went <laughs> <laughs> it's right. fine that's our very listeners very will love, love it you. yes but that was very shannon very they're all the gonna brand. be
1: like oh yay shannon
2: yeah, i am mostly on instagram at shannon k evans um i am on facebook and twitter too just not as frequent if you want to find me there and my website is shannon k letter k com.
0: and the book is everywhere right the book is everywhere books There's are sold yeah awesome well Wilding motherhood yes go read it yeah. it's it's really oh fabulous. go read it now today yep okay well you can learn more at upside downpodcast.com or upside down podcast on instagram you're of course always welcome to join the upside down together listener group on facebook where we process through these episodes with the lens of god's upside down kingdom as always we appreciate seeing you share the podcast with your friends and your online communities thanks so much for doing that and we'll be back in a couple of weeks